0: I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord.
1: And you forgave the iniquity of my
0: sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death, God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 18th Sunday after Trinity is recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 10. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command you today for your good. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God. Also the earth with all that is in it. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them And he chose their descendants after them, you above all peoples, as it is this day. Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore love the stranger, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise and he is your God who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is recorded in the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus that you were enriched in everything by him, in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
2: Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to thee, o Lord.
0: When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments... Hang all the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him anymore. This is the gospel of the Lord.
2: Praise Praise. be to
0: who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come, amen. of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ, whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord? Saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Be to God.
0: What is truth? We are all familiar with Pontius Pilate's famous question as the Jews brought Jesus of Nazareth to him to be sentenced to death. What is truth? What is truth? What is truth? Truth is not chiefly about knowing what is right and wrong, although it includes that. It is not chiefly about having knowledge of the universe, how things work, although it includes that. It is not chiefly about knowing the laws of God and man so that one can win an argument, although sometimes it does include that, as we'll talk later about this gospel for today. What is truth? Truth is chiefly about a person. Jesus Christ is truth. He is truth because he is the Son of God. He is the creator. He is the one through whom all things were made. The one who gives meaning, purpose, and understanding to life. Now, of course, the vast majority of people don't believe that, but it doesn't change the truth. Conversely, one could believe that the moon is a round ball of green cheese, but such a belief wouldn't make it true. But there is truth, and Jesus is truth. The Son of God is truth because he entered into his fallen creation to save it from the crippling effects of sin and to save it from eternal destruction. Jesus is truth because he loved not himself, but the Father who sent him to redeem this fallen world. That's substantive truth which orders our lives as Christians, which gives meaning and purpose and understanding to all of existence. And it is the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ, that we then confess and offer to the world because apart from this truth, the world ends in despair and hopelessness. In our gospel for today, it begins at a strange kind of point. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. It makes it clear that Jesus outdueled the Sadducees, and then in what happens, he's about to outduel the Pharisees as well. Today's gospel begins with that reference to the Pharisees and the Pharisees, with the Sadducees, and the Pharisees who had no love for the Sadducees now enter into the discussion. In the case of the Sadducees, which I always say to the kids, they were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection or life after death. Jesus had silenced them by invoking the name of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You see, to address their disbelief of the resurrection... If there is no resurrection, then the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, have ceased to exist, are dead and buried. They are no more. But God's word clearly teaches the resurrection of the dead by the mere assertion that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are the patriarchs. And he's not the God of dead people, but of living people. Jesus spoke the truth. And the Sadducees were silenced. They had no answer. Now the Pharisees, who, as I said, had no love for the Sadducees, asked Jesus about the law. What is the greatest commandment? They wanted to trap Jesus in a lie, in a contradiction concerning the truth of God's word. But actually, their question was easy. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It's a passage that is found in numerous places in the Old Testament. And it is cited as the greatest commandment, and Jesus speaks it to them. This is the great commandment. And the second is like it, also found in numerous places in the Old Testament. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Ironically, Jesus gave them the answer that they were looking for. There was no opportunity to trap him in these words. He spoke the truth. Two plus two equals four. Love for God and love for the neighbor is the essence of the law. That's the truth. And Jesus spoke the truth. But then Jesus added this statement. On these two commandments hang all the law And the prophets. Now, what does that mean? It means that love is the essence and entire message of the Holy Scriptures. And it means that the essence of love which the Scriptures proclaim is fulfilled in Christ. That is the truth. It is the truth. That the Pharisees could not understand, even though in Jesus' ministry they saw it on display every moment of every day in his preaching, in his teaching, in his reaching out to the lepers and healing the sick and raising the dead. It is the truth that the Pharisees could not understand, even though they knew what the law demanded. For them, love was something that they were capable of. And for them, love was how a person got for themselves what they wanted from God and other people. It is as if they would say, if I love God, then I can get God to do for me what I want, and to give me the things that I desire. Isn't that, after all, the purpose for loving God, to sort of manipulate him like a genie in the bottle? And if I love my neighbor, why, I can control him as well. And he will do me favors, and if I love him, he will get me out of a jam. Is that what love is? To conduct yourself in such a manner that you can manipulate God or other people to serve you and your own desires and interests, is that really what love is? Not at all. So what is love? What is truth? What is love? Or more precisely... What is it to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? It is very simply to desire God with every fiber of your being. To desire him exclusively. It is to cling to him. It is to trust in him, even if all other things are taken from you. Happiness Pleasure, joy, baseball, Green Bay Packers football. It is to want to be in communion with him. Even if you are stripped of every pleasure of life or every source of comfort. It is to hold fast to God because he is God. The only source of life and all things. It is to trust in him. Even if you suffer the loss of everything, that's love for God with all one's heart, not a partial aspect of one's heart, but with all one's heart and mind and strength. Who can do this? Only Christ. That is the truth. Only Christ. Jesus embodied the truth of his own words spoken elsewhere. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? To keep one's soul is to love God with all one's heart and soul and mind and strength. To put it another way, What do I have if I do not have God? I have nothing. Here again, the world doesn't believe that. The world thinks of God and one's relationship to him, again, in idolatrous fashion. If I'm going to worship God, then I expect him to ante up to what I want. And if he doesn't, what's the purpose of believing in him? But this understanding of the only thing that matters is God, is radical. And it is why so many hate and persecute the church. But this is the truth about love for God. the Pharisees who are classic manipulators by the works of the law it's what they did not understand nor does our flesh and we fight against it what is it to love one's neighbor as oneself what is the truth about that love very simply it is to sacrifice yourself so that another might live And to do so without counting the cost, you know, I hope you realize what I'm doing for you, this great sacrifice that I'm making. No, it is to deny yourself for the benefit of the neighbor. Here again, who can do this? Only Christ. This is why Jesus said to the Pharisees on these two commandments, Hang all the law and the prophets the entirety of the Old Testament scriptures the law and the prophets are fulfilled in love for God and love for the neighbor You and I were created for this love But the fall into sin Made such love for God and the neighbor impossible for us to achieve Apart from Christ Only in Christ do we see love that the law demands. The catechism asks, what motivated Christ to die and make full payment for your sin? And the catechism's simple answer is profound. His great love for his father and for me and other sinners, as it is written throughout the entirety of the scriptures truth and love come together in Christ so our third and final question who is Christ and I speak words now from the little catechism's explanation to the second article which should be among the most important words for us as Christians and Sometimes we think, yeah, okay, I know that. Let's move on to something else. And certainly the world does not accept these words. But for us, these words are truth. And these words embody love. Who is Christ? He is true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary. We should learn to love those words. He is David's son, born according to the flesh, and he is David's Lord, begotten of the Father from eternity. Perfect God and perfect man. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Why? Because he loved the Father with all his heart and because he loved us in place of himself so that we might live. That's why we say such things as only Christ gives meaning and purpose and direction to life. Jesus did not engage the Sadducees and the Pharisees in a debate to win an argument. He engaged them in a debate to win their souls to the truth of God's love in the redemption of the world and that's very important. What God called Israel to in our Old Testament reading, Jesus fulfilled, quote, to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes for your good. Jesus loved for your good. That is the essence of the law and the essence of the gospel. And to be a Christian is above all else to have a love affair with him. So St. Paul writes to the Corinthians in today's epistle, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus That you were enriched in everything by him, so that you come short in no gift. You see how Paul speaks of being a Christian as a relationship of faith and trust in Christ, who is what we are not, that through faith in him we receive what he is. Paul's words in today's epistle describe how Christ's love for his Father and for us in fulfillment of the law, is at the heart of the grace of God. We receive his grace, the gift of his undeserved love, when he forgives our sin. To be freely forgiven by God. Through no act of your own, and entirely for Jesus' sake, is God's greatest gift to you. It is through this gift of God's love from him, who is love, that he makes a beginning of producing his love in us for one another. Hear. Receive. Eat. Drink. He who has begun a good work in you, will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, father of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things were made and by whom we are redeemed and sanctified, we praise you for the abundant mercy that you this day so richly have provided us, blessing us not only with daily bread for our bodies, but also with heavenly food for our souls. Grant that your living and powerful word may abide in our hearts, working mightily in us to your glory and for our salvation. We commit ourselves to your divine protection and fatherly care. Grant us your blessing and guidance in calling an associate pastor and headmaster for our congregation. Bless Pat Rothi, Benjamin Volkhortson, John Franklin, John Leiter, Debbie Christofferson, Philip Gailbach, Lois Scafidi, Russell Sawatsky, Rachel Haga, and Jim Wallen celebrating baptismal birthdays, that they would be preserved in Christ all the days of their life. We give thanks to you for the gift of holy matrimony and for your preservation of Dave and Anna Steinhild, Kent and Christine Franklin, Jim and Faith Deliden, Dean and Christy Hertzberg, and Ted and Kristen Dine, celebrating wedding anniversaries this week. Into your hands we commend our brothers and sisters suffering afflictions of the body, Fritz Tylacker, hospitalized in Waukesha. Nicola Giordano, Kevin and Sherry Larson, Jim and Kathy Verge, Jason and Kathy Peterson in various stages of COVID treatment and recovery. Jim Nietzsche, Jeremy LaFour, Louise Bollmeyer in continued care. Shirley and Jerry Freckman receiving in-home therapy. Jan Wallen in therapy after surgery and Gabby Hartwig and Aburieba Amaso and James Loker in treatment for cancer, and Brett Arnold, friend of the traps, in intensive care at Frederick, after kidney transplant surgery. Let your holy angels be with us, that the evil foe may have no power over us. Look in mercy on your church and deliver her from all danger and adversity. By your Holy Spirit, Comfort and strengthen all who are in affliction or distress, and grant them your abiding peace. Lord God, maker of heaven and earth and giver of life, we thank you for all the mercies granted to our brother Dick Grono and our sister Betty Aiken during their earthly lives, especially for calling them to faith in Jesus Christ, Comfort their families and those who mourn their deaths with the hope of the glorious resurrection and a joyful reunion in heaven. Keep us mindful that we are mortal, so that we will ever be prepared to die in the faith and finally receive the glory promised to all who trust in your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
2: Amen. The Lord be with. Give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is neat and
0: right so to do. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should, at all times and in all places, give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death, upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Thank you. is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do
2: thanks unto the Lord for he is good. And his mercy forever.
0: Let us pray. O God the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake You have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The
2: Lord be with you,
1: and with thy spirit,
2: bless we the Lord,
1: thanks be to God,
2: the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, and be gracious unto you.
0: Welcome to the Divine Service. A couple of things I want to highlight this first Sunday in October from the bulletin and encourage you on in the weeks ahead. First of all, our Sunday school classes will begin today. Uh, Pastor Gelbach, uh, Mrs. May with singing and Sherry Prowatsky directing children where their classrooms will be and so forth. So after Bible class, um, children preschool three years of age uh, through fourth grade uh, should proceed to a Hall uh, where uh, Sunday school will begin. Also in this respect, each week in the bulletin it says, this week Sunday school and family prayer at home, it's the intentionality that what we cover in Sunday School in terms of lessons like we're starting the congregation at prayer the first article of the creed this week creation so our Sunday School lesson is on creation and these are important foundational catechetical stories but it's our intention that what is gone over here in Sunday School is then reinforced at home through the week and so uh... Sherry Prowatsky provides to families the Sunday School material to be able to reinforce that at home. With this respect, generally speaking, the first Tuesday of the month at 630 in the Gerhardt room, I'm going over the lessons that will be coming up. Not only for those who teach in the Sunday School, but especially also for parents. So, as much as possible, if one parent or more if it's possible, but if one parent from each family can come to those Tuesday evenings, the first Tuesday of the month for 6.30, we meet about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, that will really help you in catechizing and praying with your family at home at the family altar. Secondly, this week on Thursday begins our Didache Divine Service in this room uh... twenty four weeks of going through the catechism using biblical narratives also looking at the liturgy Um, we are providing as we did also last year the lord's supper at the conclusion so after about an hour of catechesis there is confession absolution prayer and the sacrament so from seven to eight thirty on thursday nights there an occasional monday night that will creep in there in fact in another week Uh, because of my obligations to the board for national mission in st louis and those meetings are always on a thursday so take a note of that it's open to every member of the congregation as well as new members and it's also another opportunity than to receive the lord's supper finally this morning begins the sunday morning bible class series the saint peter option To Everyone an Answer, Living as Exiles in a Fallen World, and that starts uh, today. Those will be um, recorded, and there are two handouts today, a green sheet which gives the schedule of the first half of the Bible class. Um, It's sequenced, and we're not setting a limit as to how long we spend on a particular topic that you'll see there but they run in sequence as opposed to having a date assigned to them which we'll only have to adjust anyway that's not the entire series of of lessons but it is the first 16 or so then the second sheet there will always be a um there will always be a lesson sheet for that week so there's one today on white paper and I would encourage you to you're certainly welcome to use the Bibles here, but I would encourage you to bring your own Bibles so that you can take notes in the margin and that sort of thing. Susan, did you have a question? Sorry. Oh, thank you. Uh, And finally, uh, Dick Gronos funeral will be here on Wednesday at 12 noon. Visitation precedes the funeral from 1030 to the time of service at noon, and then a luncheon will follow, uh, which you are invited to attend. Is that about it sherry okay thank you very much for your extra
1: attention this morning have a good week